Well, hello, Sandals Church. It's so exciting to have you here, right here, ready to engage in our service. I am thrilled that you have joined us today. If you are new and visiting us here online today and you are trying to figure us out, maybe you're checking us out, maybe you're trying us out, <laughs> I am so glad you found us. If this is your first time, let us know by going into the comments and saying, this is my first time, or you can let me know by going to sandalschurch.com next and my team or I would love to reach out to you. Here in the United States, this Monday, we are taking time to celebrate Martin Luther King Jr., a man who was about unity and stopping division. I want you to know that we who are called Christ followers, we are, we are in Christ Jesus, have been called to people who are about unity. God has called us to be people about unity and bringing sides together. That's what we should be about and how we should live our lives. One of the ways we display this unity is by praying for each other. I remember an old rapper named MC Hammer and he had this song that said, we got to pray, we got to pray just to make it today, amen, my brother. That was about 25 years and that was true 25 years ago, but that is still very true today. So as your online pastor, I'd like to pray for you. And so I scheduled a regular live prayer time on Facebook every third Sunday of the month after our 8.15 a.m. service to pray for you live. Make sure you join me and invite someone who needs prayer in any area of the life. I love to pray for you. Now, let's sing and worship the God who with him brings us victory. In John 16, Jesus says, everything I've taught you is so that the peace which is in me will also be in you and will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you'll experience trouble and sorrows, but you must be courageous for I have conquered the world. Church, I'm so glad that our King, our Saviour, Jesus, is someone that we can rely on, someone that we can lean on when the world around us just feels so chaotic. And I love, I love that every battle, every trial that we face, He has already won. And so let's sing this out with confidence, knowing that He is our great victor.
I love singing with you, Sandals Church. Thanks so much for helping the worship team in singing praises to our God. Just a reminder that that you can get our kids service for your elementary kids at kids.sandalschurch.tv. Not only that, but our youth videos and messages for our middle school and high schoolers are on our Sandals Church Youth YouTube page. Today is part three of our Win in Rome series. And I'm telling you, you are in for something awesome and it's going to be great. Something that's on time. Pastor Matt is continuing to take us through the book of Romans and, and the importance of the gospel. So get your Bibles out, open your Sandals Church app, take some notes and get ready to receive a message that God has for you today. Here's Pastor Matt. Hey, Sandals Church, welcome to Win in Rome. And we're talking about how to live for Christ in a culture that doesn't. Today, we're gonna be talking about the gospel. What is the gospel? Why do I need to share it? Why is it so important? And we're gonna look at just three verses today. And uh, I'm just praying that God will use this to transform the way you think about the gospel and transform uh, the reasons why you think you should share the gospel. So the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Rome and he says, I am under obligation both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. He says, so I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. He says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith as it is written. The righteous shall live by faith. Look, I don't know where you are today, what you have going on, but I know this, God wants to reveal to you the power of the gospel. I know many of you are sick. Many of you have loved ones who are sick. Many of you have deep concerns about what's happening in the world today, especially the political world today. But I just wanna stop and ask you to give God just the next few minutes so that he can reveal something to you that could transform your life and maybe not just your life, but your friends' lives, your family members' lives, your neighbors' lives, and some people you've never even met their life. So let me just pray and ask God to speak to us today about the power of the gospel. Heavenly Father, I pray in the mighty, powerful name of the risen Jesus Christ. God, I know we're so self-consumed. God, we're so overwhelmed with what we have going on, Lord, in, in our, our own private lives, God, with our health care, Lord, uh, with the political uh, just atmosphere, God, that's all around us. God, would you just help us right now to just give you the next few minutes so that you can reveal to us the one thing that will forever change how we live our life and how we spend our life. So Father, bless this time right now, I ask, and, and give me strength and give our listeners strength. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. The number one thing I want you to know is if you call yourself a Christian, and I don't know if you're a Christian or not, if you're not a Christian, I want you to know that Sandals is a safe place for you to learn about what traditional Christians believe, to learn about what the Christian scriptures speak of, and to learn how Jesus Christ calls us to live our lives as Christians. But if you call yourself a Christian, as a Christian, you, I, we have an obligation to share my faith. 
I have an obligation. Now, we don't like that word in English, right? We use it in a negative sense. Well, that was an obligatory, you know, uh, gift or an obligatory kiss, you know, like when you kiss your grandma, you're like, mm, you know, and, and you don't want to do it. But obligations are good things. The dictionary defines obligation as something that binds us. We are bound to something morally or legally. Like when you get married, you are under obligation to care for that person. You have made a legal bond. You have said, I do. I'm going to do these things. I'm going to stay with you. And if you're a Christian, not only do you have a legal bond, but now you have a moral and a spiritual bond. You are under obligation. A lot of us, especially those of us who are young, we shun obligations. Like, I want to be free. But I want you to know that a person that is under no obligations oftentimes is obligated to everyone and everything. You see, obligations are a beautiful thing that direct you because you're compelled to do them. You know, I have to get these, these, these things done. I have to make these things happen. Obligations are beautiful things. I'm obligated to my wife. I made a commitment to God, to her father, uh, who's in heaven now, to my parents, uh, you know, to her mother, who's still here with us, to our family and friends, right? I, I, made, I made a commitment. I'm obligated to her. I'm obligated to our kids. I don't always want to be, but I'm obligated to our kids. I'm obligated to our church family. Like, I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. I care for this church. Outside of my biological family, my spiritual family is the most important thing that I have. I'm obligated. And as a Christian, I'm obligated to lost people. I'm obligated to people that don't know Jesus. I'm obligated to share the gospel. Paul says, I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians. The apostle Paul, if he was writing this today, he would say, I'm under obligation to Democrats and Republicans. Wouldn't that be interesting? He's willing to cross over, you know, ethnic bounds, political bounds. He doesn't care how you philosophically disagree. He doesn't care how you see the world. He wants you to see Jesus. And he says, I am obligated to people that are different from me, to Greeks and to barbarians. Okay, now if you're on Facebook, you need to pay attention to this line, both to the wise and to the fools. Many of you, you keep arguing with foolish people. What does that make you? It doesn't make you wise right? You gotta, you've got to learn to be under an obligation to people. Some people are wise, some people are not. And it's not helpful when somebody's not wise to call them foolish, right? That doesn't, doesn't make anybody feel better. He's under an obligation to people who are educated and un, uneducated. He, he's under obligation to people who get it and don't get it. But I want you to know this, that you have an obligation to those closest to you. Who are those people? Some of you have never shared the gospel with your mom and your dad. You've never sat down with your mom and your dad and you love them so much. You care for them so much. You've never shared the gospel with them. You've never told them about your faith in Jesus. Some of you are married to a non-believer and you've never, you come to church every week alone, but you've never sat down and you said, here's why I believe in Jesus. Here's what Jesus has done for me. Some of you are terrified to share the gospel with your children because they think it's out of date or it's out of touch. And you're afraid of maybe they'll not only reject the gospel, but they'll reject you. We are under an obligation to share the gospel with the people that are closest to us, closest to us. You don't need me to share the gospel. They need to hear it from you. Somebody who cares 
about them. That's where they need to hear it. Who are those people in your life? You know, so many of you, you're scared to death that God's gonna send you to Africa. God might send you to Thanksgiving dinner next year with something to share, something to say. So as a Christian, I'm under the obligation to share the gospel. It's why we gather together as a church. Some of you, you don't understand the vision of 500. You don't get it. It makes no sense to you because maybe you are not yet aware of your obligation to share the gospel. Some of you, you know, you know well, why can't we just be about our church? Because when it's just our church, it's not his gospel. We've got to look outside of ourselves. We've got to look to Orange County. We've got to look to Northern California. We've got to look around the world. Just today, I got a phone call from somebody who said, would you be willing to help plant a church in Europe? And you know, I didn't have to pray about it. You know why? I'm under an obligation. I'm under an obligation to share the gospel. I'm under an obligation to partner with people. I'm under an obligation to help people come to know Jesus Christ. I'm under an obligation to be a part of that. You and I as Christians, we are under an obligation to share the gospel with people we know and people we don't know. But we've got to start with those who are closest to us. We've got to start with people that matter to us. I mean, that's what we do in everything, right? When your kid, you know, doesn't know what to do for, for you know, after high school, so they start selling knives. What do they do? They got to call all the friends. And I know I get all the calls from you guys. You know, you got to buy these knives and they're the best knives of all time. And, and nobody's ever, you know, cut a penny with this or uh, done this with that, you know. And all of a sudden, you know, all of your friends are buying knives because you start with those that are closest to you. And that's what you need to do with the gospel. Just start with your friends. Start with your family members. Say, here's what Jesus did for me. And this is what I believe he can do for you. As a Christian, I must look for opportunities to share my faith. I can't just run around feeling guilty or, or feeling bad. I actually have to look for an opportunity. The apostle Paul says, so I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. He's looking for opportunities to share the gospel. There are people that are waiting for you to share the good news. And you need to do this. I need to do this. So some of us are scared to death, right? This is not your personality. You're not a talker. You're not extroverted, right? I'm the kind of guy that I talk to a wall. Matter of fact, my wife would say, I talk to myself. She's like, who are you talking to again? I'm like, well, no one was available. So I talk to myself. Like, I just am a talker. It's not hard for me to talk. Some of you, it's very, very scary. So where do we start? Where do we share the gospel? The apostle Paul says, I'm eagerly looking forward to sharing this with you in Rome. The gospel is the most easily shared, never forget this, with people who ask. People who ask. You know when the gospel is offensive? When you just throw it on people. You know, it's like somebody just comes up to you and says, are you interested in losing weight? You're like, whoa, what? You know, I didn't realize I needed to lose weight. Are you tired of your skin looking like leather? You're like, whoa, what is going on? But if somebody says, hey, wow, your skin's amazing. How could I make my skin look like that? Oh my gosh, you got in shape. What's the secret of how fit you are? You see, when somebody asks, that's the most natural way to share it. And it's actually what the Bible says. 1 Peter 3.15 says, and if someone asks you about the hope you have as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Why are you a Christian? Why are you a Christian? I remember one time I went to the laundromat and I was dropping off my clothes. And the Korean lady barely speaks English. And she just looks at me. She says, you're a pastor, right? And I go, yeah. She goes, how do you know there's a God? 
I was just getting dry cleaning. I just want my shirt ironed, right? But I had to be ready. And I told her because I've encountered the living God multiple times in my life. I've heard from God. I felt God. I've been saved by God. God is a very real thing in my life. And I can't imagine living without him. And here's what he's done for me. Here's what he's done for my marriage. Here's what he's done for my kids. Here's what he's done for my family. Here's what my faith in Jesus Christ means to me. She said, oh, took my clothes and that was it. We've got to be ready to respond. When somebody asks you, why do you believe? Why do you believe? What if I just came up to you and I said, why do you believe? Why do you believe what you believe? Some of you have never thought about it. You've never wrestled with it. Why does God matter in your life? Why is he important? You see, the apostle Paul knew deeply that God is the most important thing in his life. And Jesus Christ is the only way to have a real and right relationship with God. But here's the next thing, look at it. It says, but do this in a gentle and respectful way. If 2020 taught us anything, and I think it taught us many things, it's that we can be passionate about something and our passions can get the best of us. We've seen this all over the country. We've seen it with Democrats. We've seen it with Republicans. We've seen it with people who want to end systemic racism. We, we, we've seen it all across the board. You see, passion's not enough. How you say something is as important as why you're saying something. You see, you and I as Christians, we're not trying to beat people up with what we believe. We're trying to win people over to the truth of the gospel. So we have to be as concerned with how we share it as why we're sharing it. So I wanna encourage you to be bold with what you believe, okay? Be bold with what you believe, but be gentle in how you share your beliefs. I think the mistake that the church has historically made is people, we just come off so judgmental and so, so mean and so cruel. And we just literally need to be a person that says, look, I understand how you feel. I understand what it's like. The old saying is, a person sharing the gospel is just one beggar telling another beggar how to find bread. How to find bread. You see, we should have compassion on those who hear us because we know what it's like to live without Christ. We know what it's like to need Jesus. We have compassion on them. I gotta be honest with you. I have a very, very different outlook about COVID than I had before COVID. You know, because all I knew before COVID is what I've heard, what you've said, what other people have said. But when I experienced COVID, man, I have a completely different outlook and I have compassion on people who are suffering from it and going through it. I wasn't one of those lucky 43% of the people with no symptoms. I was an asymptomatic, right? I was all symptomatic. I had all the craziness and it was awful and it was terrible. And now when somebody is struggling or they're battling it, man, I, I try to remind myself to pray for them every day to text them, to let them know, hey, I just want you to know I'm here. I try to help them through the discouragement of the process because there are days where you feel like you're gonna get better and then there are days where you feel like you take a step backwards and you get worse. And it's mind boggling to me, the mental battle of working through that. And as Christians, we need to remember what that's like. Is there a God? Do I matter? Am I important? Am I loved by God? Am I worthy of anything? The gospel speaks to all of those issues where we as human beings are the most vulnerable. So the gospel is most easily shared with somebody who asks, who asks. So just be ready. 
Be ready to share the gospel when somebody says, hey, why do you go to church? Well, I don't know. There's nothing else to do on Sundays. You know, I can't stand, you know, sports anymore or whatever. I mean, hopefully you have a better reason for that. Why is it that you go to church? Why is it that you give up, you know, your one Sunday? You know, the song, Easy Like Sunday Mornings, not when you're a Christian. I mean, it's one of the most difficult, you know, days of the week, you know? Uh, you know. Don't beat the kids, don't yell at your wife, come to church with a smile on your face, man. It's a difficult thing to get up and get going that extra day of the week. Why do you do that? Next, the gospel is most easily shared with people who have come to church or a group, or a group. You know, I've been seeing, you know, those people now, it seems like they're, they're out again with all the signs, you know, repent or you're going to hell. And I, I don't know if that works or not. I mean, if it saved you, that's great. I don't think it's an effective strategy. You know what is an effective strategy? And here's why we wanna plant 500 churches. Because you know what happens when somebody comes to church? They're curious, they're interested. We can make a difference. We can make a difference. That's why we have all of these churches. That's why we have small groups because we invite people into our homes and we have an honest conversation about what God looks like in our life and how our faith is manifested in the way that we live, the way that we act, the way that we talk, the way that we share. That's the easiest time and way to share the gospel. Man, we get people, they drop off their kids. They're like, free childcare, that's amazing. And they drop off their kids. And we have an opportunity to share the love of Jesus with children. And we get to do that every single week. The gospel is most easily shared with people who are facing a crisis. When people come to church, oftentimes they have a crisis. Something, something bad has gone on in their life. So we share when we're asked. We share when people come to church. Next, we share when, they, when people are facing a crisis. I've been working on my neighbor for 10 years, for 10 years, inviting him to church, trying to talk with him. And I even get a little weird, you know, like I try to, you know, look and see if he makes eye contact. So he can be like, hey! And I've been really unsuccessful for 10 years. I was taking the trash out last week. I wasn't feeling good. I was still battling the effects of COVID. And all of a sudden, I saw him out of the corner of my eye. And usually, I'm the one that says, hey, hey. He goes, hey, hey, hey. And he comes running across the street. And I said, hold on, man, I got COVID. I got COVID, keep your distance. And he just kept coming. He kept coming. And he ran all the way across the street. And he said, I just wanted you to know. And I said, what? He said, I lost my job. I lost my job. And here's my neighbor. I've been working on him for 10 years. Here's what my neighbor said. I was hoping you would pray for me. And then he said something weird. He's all, and I'll, and I'll pray for you. It's like, wow, I got a non-Christian praying for me in COVID. He's all, I'll pray for you, you pray for me. Isn't that amazing? Somebody that I've been saying hi to, somebody that, that I, I've been you know, working on for a decade. All of a sudden he faces a financial crisis. They're a single family income. He lost his job. They may have to sell their home and he's running across the street to talk to the one Christian he knows. Isn't it amazing? It's a great opportunity, a great opportunity to share the gospel, to invite him to church, to encourage him to listen to the hope that we have in Jesus. But here's the thing I really wanna challenge you on. As a Christian, I gotta be honest about why I don't share my faith. Why don't I share my faith? Romans 1.16, the Apostle Paul says something very interesting. He says, I 
am not ashamed of the gospel. Why wouldn't the apostle Paul say this? Let me ask you this. Why wouldn't he say, I'm proud of Jesus? Why would the apostle Paul choose the negative way to communicate this with, I'm not ashamed? He doesn't say, I'm proud of Jesus. He doesn't say, I'm excited about Jesus. He doesn't say, I love Jesus. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. You know why that is? Many Christians are. Now, if you've done this, I don't mean you specifically, just know that there's a lot of you that do this. Especially now, you know, in the day and age of COVID, we all have our masks on. I'm in the grocery store. It always cracks me up, man. You guys will come up to me like in stealth mode. You come to me in stealth mode. You got your mask on. I got my mask on. And you're like, right on, pastor. I go to Sandals Church. Way to go. Like we're selling heroin or something. Like we're drug dealers. Like you, you say it in the most secretive voice of all time. Yeah, yeah, I go to Sandals too. Right on. Yeah, proud of you. Proud of you. Why do we do that? Why do we act that way? Why are we so afraid that somebody might overhear that we go to church? That we go to church together? That I'm your pastor? Do I look that bizarre? Why are we so embarrassed? People are proud of, of many things that they should be ashamed of, amen? Like people celebrate bizarre things. And as Christians, we're all quiet about it. Well, my faith is, is personal. Listen to me, if your faith is personal, it will never be powerful. Some of you guys, you're, you're ashamed. You're embarrassed of what you believe. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna get lumped up with those Christians. Let me tell you something. There are some things that Christians do that I find embarrassing. I do not find Jesus embarrassing. Okay, I don't have to be associated with every moron that calls themselves a Christ follower. I'm associated with Jesus. And I stand for him. And I stand with him. Some of you guys, though, you gotta be honest. Some of you are embarrassed by the things that you believe. And some of you don't think so, but let me just say this. In the next two weeks, I'm going to cover some of the most culturally controversial passages in the book of Romans. And some of you are gonna be like, oh, I just can't, I just can't believe that. Because you have chosen our culture over Christ. You have chosen what's current over what's Jesus. And people say all the time, you don't really believe, you don't really believe in monogamy and, and lifetime marriage between a man and a woman. Yeah, yeah, I do because that's what the Bible teaches. It's interesting, in the book of Mark, chapter eight, verse 38, Jesus says this. He says, for whoever is ashamed of me and of my words. It's interesting that he separates himself as the person and his teaching. Because I think that's what we do as Christians and even non-Christians. Some people have separated this person of Jesus from the words of Jesus. Jesus says, for whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father and with the holy angels. Jesus is just saying, look, if you're ashamed of me, I'm gonna be ashamed of you. And let me say this. Some of the teachings of Scripture, some of the teachings of the gospel, they're difficult and they're not popular. But Jesus Christ didn't come so you could be popular. He came so you could be saved. 
So are you ashamed of some of the things in Scripture? Some of you are more concerned with what your friends think than what your Savior thinks. Some of us are afraid. We're ashamed. Next, and let's be fair, some of us, I think, would just say this. I feel unprepared about what I believe. You're not really certain. You don't want to get into an argument. You, know, you don't want you know, to have somebody confuse you or confound you with some points you didn't think about. And I just want you to know that the arguments against faith are not that good. They're not that good. People who are atheists, and if that's you, God bless you, I love you, your argument is that all of this came from nothing. As Christians, we believe all of this came from a divine creator who loves you and made you for a purpose. And I think it's a far greater argument, an easy argument to look at the world and to say there's a God than to look at the world and say there isn't. Some of us are just afraid. We don't know. And here's why you need to study the book of Romans, because the book of Romans is going to lay out in a legal-like format why you need Jesus. It's going to talk about who God is. It's going to talk about who you are. It's going to talk about what the world is and what our problems are and how only Jesus Christ can save us. It's gonna lay out why we need to share the gospel, why we need to be proud of the gospel, why we need to be desperate to share the gospel. So some of us are, you know, we're intimidated of, of how it's gonna go or what people are gonna say. And then I gotta be honest with you, I hear this one a lot. I'm afraid of doing it wrong. Like I'm gonna lead somebody to be a Buddhist. Look, if there's anybody who's done it wrong a thousand times, it's been me. It's been me. And here's what I've learned. It's better that I try and let God do something through my own insecurities, my own weaknesses, than to not do it. Because you know how people don't get saved? People don't get saved when we don't share the gospel. People get saved when we announce the gospel, when we share the gospel. It's amazing what God does when we are simply obedient to his command to share the gospel, to share the good news. Number four, as a Christian, I must release the power of my faith. You see, the gospel doesn't contain power. I want you to hear this. It is power. It is power. The apostle Paul says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Like many of us, we don't even know what that word means anymore. We don't even know what the word gospel means. A lot of you simply you know, think it means music, gospel music. I remember a couple years ago, I was headed on my way to Europe for a mission trip and I flew from LA to Munich, Germany. Two-thirds of the airplane from Los Angeles to Germany were a bunch of black people. And I'm looking around, and I'm like, I, I didn't know there was this many black people that were interested in Germany. And this lady says, oh, we're not. I was like, what are you? She said, we're a part of the gospel choir of Los Angeles, and we're going to a gospel competition in Germany. And I was like, wow, oh my gosh. And so I flew 12 hours on this airplane from a bunch of black people that were going to Germany to sing in a gospel music choir competition. It was amazing. And there was all these Germans, man, and they were freaked out. They didn't know what to do. And when we landed, when we landed in Munich, Germany, it was a bumpy landing. It was a little, you know, one of those, you know, where you give your life to Jesus like five times. And when we landed, man, I'm not kidding you, 150 of these, these, these black people from Southern California just started singing. You know, just amen, amen, amen. And they were singing and I can't do it. And I'm not gonna try. 
But it was so incredible. And I remember all the Germans were freaked out, right? Because if they speak English, it's their second language. And this one wife said to her husband, what are they doing? And he said, they're sharing the gospel. I was like, no, 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 they're singing, it's gospel music. They're not sharing the gospel, they're singing gospel music. And some of us, we're so uneducated about what we claim to believe, we don't even realize there's a difference between gospel music and the gospel. One is sung, the other is spoken. The gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The gospel, listen to these words. It's the power of God. It's the power of God. Some of you, you have friends. Their marriage isn't gonna make it. Their kids aren't gonna make it. Some of your neighbors, their life is falling apart. It's literally shaking at its seams, shaking at its core. COVID has released all of the insecurities, all of the problems, and all around us, our world is crumbling apart. And the gospel is the power of God that can change their lives. And you won't share it. I remember my worst night during COVID. I was so grateful for my wife. She had it before me, and so she was in bed with me, and I just, I just was shaking. I couldn't, I, could, I, couldn't get, I couldn't get the blankets tight enough, and I just was shaking, and I was in just so much misery. I can't imagine if somebody had a cure to make all of that go away instantly, not sharing that with me, not offering to help, not offering to lend a hand. And I want you to know that we live in a world that has been shaken emotionally, that has been shaken spiritually. We live in a world that is ravaged, not just by the reality of COVID, but the reality of our broken systems, our broken structures, our broken families, our broken economy, and people are desperate. It's a perfect time to share the gospel. And here's the gospel. It's impossible, it's impossible for you to live a life that's pleasing to God. You're a sinner who needs to be saved. And no matter how hard you try, no matter how hard you work to be good, you, you can never get to heaven on your own. And so God from heaven sent his son who lived a perfect life, a life that you could not live. He died a perfect death, a death that you cannot die. And he rose again from the dead on the third day announcing that he was the son of God, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. The gospel is merely admitting you're a sinner, that you need to be saved. The gospel is merely agreeing with the truth of the good news of who Jesus Christ is and making Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Let me just ask you, if your life is unraveling, if your life is falling apart, why not give it to Jesus? You've had your shot. You've done it your way. Why not give the one who could even defeat death a try? Think about it. So many of you are battling illnesses. So many of you are, are struggling to stay well. 
And as human beings, we do everything we can until a person dies. And when they die, do you know what we do? Nothing, because it's beyond our power. Death is not beyond the power of Jesus. Jesus defeated the power of death. And if he can defeat death, why don't you think he can defeat the other issues in your life that are bringing death? For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. You see, the gospel doesn't just tell you and I how to be saved. The gospel tells us how you and I need to live. From faith to faith. For the righteous shall live by faith. One of the reasons so many of you, your lives are falling apart is because you live your life based upon what you can see. What's happening in DC. What's happening on the media. What's happening in the world. And you are overwhelmed with your eyes because you have become underwhelmed with your faith. We don't live based upon what doctors tell us. We don't live based upon what the media tells us. You see, we are anchored by something far deeper. It is a faith that motivates us. It is a faith, faith that drives us. The Apostle Paul was not afraid of Rome. He couldn't wait to get to Rome, to share the gospel, because it was the power to live. It was the power to thrive. It was the power to become a person of faith and be right with God. The Apostle Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you shouldn't be either. You shouldn't whisper that you're a Christian. You shouldn't whisper that you go to church. You should never be rude. You should always be gentle, but you should be proud of the fact that you are a child of God. You are a son or daughter of the king. You were lost, but now you're found. You were dead, but now you're alive. You were hopeless, but now you've found hope. We should never be ashamed. We should never be embarrassed. The gospel is the power that you and I need to live. Because life is overwhelming. But the gospel gives the strength we need to push on and to carry on. I wanna challenge you this week as we have a transition of power and, and things are going to be hectic and you're going to have deep concerns. I want you to remind yourself this week that I am going to live by faith. I am not going to live by sight. I'm not only going to look at the things that only I can see, but I'm gonna trust that God is doing something great I'm gonna trust in the power of the gospel. I'm gonna trust in the power of Jesus. And I'll never be ashamed. I'll never be silent about my faith in Christ. But I'm gonna tell people about the hope that I have in Jesus. Look, I love you guys so much. I'm praying for you. Pray for me. The next two weeks will be challenging weeks, challenging messages as the word of God confronts our sinful thoughts, our sinful behaviors, and unfortunately, 
some of the things our culture has accepted as not only sinful, but as something to be celebrated. I love you all. Let me pray for you. Let me pray that this gospel peace would empower you. Let me pray that this gospel peace would just enliven you and strengthen you in Jesus' name. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus, I pray that you would help us, Lord, to just love you and serve you and to never, ever, ever be ashamed of the gospel, but to be bold in our faith, to be gentle in the way we share it, and to be deeply strengthened in our faith, no matter what we're going through. I pray for this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the next couple of weeks, Pastor Matt will be continuing to help us see the Bible, to see that the Bible and, and the book of Romans has something very challenging for us all to hear. It's clear that God tells us through his word that the gospel is meant to be shared. Here is my question to you. Have you been reading the Bible? Have you been reading the book of Romans to know what the gospel is? If you haven't downloaded the app, the Sandals Church app, and, and started the reading plan that takes you through Romans, I want to challenge you. Read the Bible for yourself. Start today and, and go through the first day of the reading plan, which is found at sandalschurch.com app. The best way you can go through the reading of the Bible is with someone you know. Maybe someone in your community. Maybe someone who's watching with you right now. What's awesome about the book of Romans is, is that it was written to and read in community. Here's an example of someone who has been doing exactly that. I'm 22 years old, I'm living in Melbourne, Australia. I saw on Instagram, Matt posted about um, the Bible reading plan and I was like, oh, okay, like, like that's cool. I'd, I'd probably be interested in stuff, but I'd also really like to maybe do it with some other people. Um, so I was thinking, who could I ask? So I made an Instagram story um, and I said, hey, I'm going to be doing this um, Bible reading plan over the next 60 days. Um, if you're keen to do it with me, let me know. I'd be keen to get a group together. And like 15 people respond, wow. um, which was which is incredible. So open the chat, read what other people wrote and just think, oh my God, the 60 day Bible reading plan contributed so much to that. It was kind of like, I felt like the starting point of being like, okay, we're going we're gonna to switch things around and be like, okay, cool. And that just happened to coincide with starting that plan and, and having that community talking through those things, being just super real with what's going on. It's, and that's what's so great about the chat. It's not a place where we can come give our cliche answers and try and impress each other. It's, it's vulnerable and it's real. Not only did, did Matt decide to go through the reading plan, he inspired a community of people he knew to go through it with him. By inviting people he already knew to read with him, he shared the gospel. That is awesome. Matt was able to live out what Pastor Matt just talked about and invited his friends to go through the reading plan with him because you give. He was able to do that. He was able to find this annual church app. He was able to, to invite his community because you give. It's your giving that makes us able to create reading plans, put it on an app, make it free and available to people around the world so that they can help others know Jesus and go further in their faith. And they're able to do that because of your giving. Thank you so much, each of you who give and who continue to give. If you've never given to St. Louis Church, you can do that right now by going to give.se or by giving in the St. Louis Church app. 
and you can help us continue to support the amazing work that God is doing through so many, so many people, people just like Matt. Well, we are going to sing one more time. And, and as we sing, I'm going to ask you something as your pastor, I want you to sing with us. Now I know I'm not there, but God is there. So let heaven hear your praises and let's not be ashamed to sing about the name of Jesus.
Jesus is our inheritance. As daughters and sons and children who have been brought back to God, the power of God is our inheritance. It's the greatest gift that we've ever been given. It was a gift that came with sacrifice, by sacrifice. Jesus on the cross, as he gave his whole body, his body broken and his blood shed for us, we were given the wonder working power of salvation. In Ephesians, it says this, it says to embrace the power of salvation, so full deliverance, full freedom, like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. The greatest truth that is spoken over you is that you have been bought and redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. This is the truth over your life. And in a world where everyone gets to have their own truth, this is the truth, the only one that matters, that Jesus has given himself to you so that you might have freedom, so that I might have freedom. This is our truth together that we stand on, that we build our whole lives around. God is calling each and every one of us by name to live and to walk in that freedom. And that opportunity is available for you today. So we're gonna sing a song and it talks about what the blood of Jesus has done for us. Let's take these words and put them on as a helmet as the greatest truth that's ever been spoken to us, that the blood of Jesus has reconciled and brought us back to the Creator, to the good God, to our Savior. Come on, let's sing of what He's done for us. Sing of what His blood has done for us.
the children of God. You and I are the children of God and we are who he says we are. I am so glad for that reminder today. I'm so glad that you were here today. It would not have been the same without you. I want you to know that we are living in some crazy times, but, but knowing what God's word says, knowing what the Bible says can make all the difference. If you need support in any way, please let me or my team know by going to sandalschurch.com slash next. And if you need prayer, join me every third Sunday right after our 8.15 a.m. service for live prayer where I will be praying for you. I hope to see you all back here next week.